I am so thankful to be able to spend some time with you this morning. In fact, uh, over the past week as we've celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday, I'm sure most of us set aside some time to think about those things uh, for which we are thankful. So let me just tell you right now that I am thankful for one family church. That's right, I am thankful for you. Uh, I'm also thankful uh, because tomorrow I am going to be celebrating 29 years of marriage. That's right, 29 years of marriage. I look like I got married when I was around 12, I know. 29 years of marriage with the strikingly beautiful, seriously gifted, anointed Robin Renee Seagraves. That's right. The truth is, there are many days when I look at myself in the mirror and I say, how did you get Robin Renee Seagraves? Had to be a miracle. And that's one of the reasons why I'm thankful. But as we are uh, looking at all of these things that we're thankful for, and we're doing a little bit of introspection uh, during this season, it's possible that that introspection can also highlight for us some of the intense pressures that we are facing, many of us, most of us, in fact, I would say all of us are facing intense pressure each day. And so with that in mind, Pastor Brent uh, last week started a new series called Feeling the Pressure. And I can't think uh, of a more timely topic. Uh, I can't think of anything else that would be more on point than that. And so let me start today with our theme passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says this. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. He said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Uh, We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. And then if you skip forward a few verses to verse 16, Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I I love that picture. Something is definitely happening externally. There is pressure. We're not going to deny that. We're not going to gloss it over. Uh, We're not going to fake our way through that. We're going to say, yes, there is something definitely happening externally. But there's something else that's happening, and and it's happening internally. And not only does what's happening on the inside counteract the pressure that we feel, it's actually transforming us at the same time. So in this series, we're, we're walking through the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Messiah, and we're taking a look at some of the lives of people in this story who faced significant pressure. Last week, Pastor Brent focused on Joseph, and today, for just a few moments, I want to share with you from the life uh, of an amazing woman in this story and talk about the pressure of God's great purpose. The pressure of God's great purpose. God has a great purpose for your life. He really does. I realize you may be questioning that, you may be doubting that, but God really does have a great purpose for your life, and often that great purpose comes with great pressure. And we're going to get into that 
But first, I want to I talk to the women of One Family Church uh, for just a moment. So men, you can, you can sit back, you can relax, you can run to the refrigerator and grab some more orange juice, you can do whatever you want to do uh, for just a moment. Don't Really, don't go away because we're going to come back and, and, and the principles that we talk about are going to apply to all of us. But as I was preparing this, I really felt like that there were, there were some women. Maybe it's one woman or, or maybe it's many who are part of our church family or uh, maybe you just saw this video posted on YouTube or on Facebook at some point and, and this is for you. So let me just take you quickly to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 and 28 where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him male and female he created them verse 28 says then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth i want you to notice it says god created them in his image that's male and female and god blessed them, that's male and female, and God spoke over them, male and female, and gave them a great purpose. And, and this, this, is what, this is what I was feeling for, for the women of one family church. Th- this is for you for some reason. And again, maybe it's one, maybe it's, maybe it's many. But I need to speak this blessing over you right now, this morning, while you're hearing this. Number one, that you are a mighty woman of God. And secondly, God has a great purpose for your life. You're a mighty woman of God and God has a great purpose for your life. Listen, I'm not claiming to be an expert on the female gender, but I do know that it's absolutely clear in the scripture that women are awesome. Listen to what Proverbs says in verse, verse 22 of chapter 18. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You want to, talk why, you want to ask why I talk about Robin uh, all of the time and talk about how awesome she is? It's because she's my wife. And when I found Robin, I found a good thing. That's right. I found a good thing because women are awesome. And Robin, you're awesome. Just telling you right now while you're watching this. But let me say this again to all of you who are watching right now. You're a mighty woman of God. And God has a great purpose for your life. I realize you may not feel this right now. It may not make sense to you right now. It might seem impossible in this moment. Your circumstances may actually seem opposed to this idea. But you are a mighty woman of God. And God has a great purpose for your life. Throughout history, you can find cultures all around the world, certain times and certain places where women are seen as basically second class citizens. Uh, in some cases where the women are seen even as, as property. But listen, that has never been God's idea. I hear a lot of people talking today about breaking through the glass ceiling. Listen, the glass ceiling is man-made, not God-made. It's God's idea for you to burst through the glass ceiling. Listen to what I mean. When God wanted to fill the earth with people, he called Eve. Sorry, guys. Man can't multiply by himself. Doesn't work. 
When God wanted to establish a nation through which the Messiah would come, he called Sarah. When God was preparing Israel to conquer the promised land, he sent the spies to Rahab. When there was no leader in Israel, God called Deborah. When God wanted to save Israel from extermination by the Persians, he called Esther. When God wanted to stop King David who had murder on his heart, he called a woman by the name of Abigail. And when God wanted to change the course of human history, to right all of the wrongs, to save all of the lost, to bring into the world the hope of mankind, he called a woman named Mary. And can I say this? When God needed someone for the last days, in a time of chaos, during a crisis like a global pandemic, for a church with a mission to change the world, he called you. I'm talking to you, the women of One Family Church, you're watching this right now. He called you. And I challenge you, in your living room or wherever you are, find a mirror, but say it. God has a great purpose for my life. We're going to come back and talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. But let me jump ahead in the story because th this is just too good. If you watch in Psalm 68, <clears throat> this is a messianic psalm. And it anticipates the events surrounding the resurrection of Jesus and the day of Pentecost. This is a critical point in human history. God's grand plan of redemption accomplished through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And someone has to shout the news. Someone has to declare the word that Jesus really is alive. A new day has come and and sin is defeated, and death has been destroyed. And so this psalm is prophesying about the resurrection day, and who would declare the good news? And so Psalm 68 and verse 11, now this is in the King James Version, it says, the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of those who proclaimed it. But there's something here in the Hebrew language that you don't pick up in the English, and so let me read it to you from another translation. This is from the NIV. And this is what it says. The Lord announces the word and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. In other words, God predicted the first ones to see the Messiah, the first ones to proclaim the resurrected Christ would be the women. Look, maybe you're questioning it, but God wanted you to hear this. This morning, you are a mighty woman of God and God has a great purpose for your life. You need to remember Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. But here's, here's the dilemma. Great purpose often comes with great pressure. Guys, you can jump back into the message now because it's going to be for all of us the rest of the way. So let's get back to Mary, and I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 1. And just bear with me as I read through this, this passage. It's several verses long, but I want to read this story, and then we're going to extract a few principles for all of us to apply. So we're in Luke chapter 1, and it says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. 
The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the, whole, the, the, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the first thing that I really want you to to see, want you to catch from Mary's discovery of God's great purpose for her life is that God's great purpose is often greatly disturbing. Look at this verse again, okay? It says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. I I love that. It says she was troubled at his saying. Not at the fact that he just had shown up. If I saw an angel, I wouldn't be worried about what the angel was saying. I would be freaking out on the floor, a little bit scared, probably a lot nervous. She is considering, she's troubled at what he is saying. And, and why are these words so disturbing? It actually says that she was thinking about the manner of greeting. He greeted her in a way that was disturbing to her. The angel was actually saying things to Mary that are simply not said in that culture at that time to a person of her stature. Think, think about it for just a moment. Mary was a teenager. She's living in first century Israel. She has no social position in the community of Nazareth. And and it's not much of a community. There's less than 2,000 people in this town, scholars say, at that time. And the angel is actually greeting her with words that simply don't fit her rank, if you want to call it that. In fact, scholars will tell you that the greeting the angel was giving her was even beyond anything that would be said to a person of high honor. He's saying, look, Mary, you are highly favored. You are blessed among women. And she's troubled at this this saying because she's probably thinking, look, I hear what you're saying, but your words don't fit who I am. You want to talk about pressure. I, I know that you felt it. That God has a great purpose for your life, but that great purpose does not seem to match up. It doesn't seem to measure up with your current 
identity. And I can tell you from experience that there is great pressure in trying to be someone you are not. There's this disturbing sense, this perceived pressure to measure up. I'm, I was, I'm wondering what Mary was thinking as she's hearing these words because she had to know that this angelic creature is setting her up for something. He's getting ready to tell her something about her life that she's not expecting. He's greeting her in ways that she feels like she doesn't deserve. And she's probably thinking, what, should I try to look more spiritual? Uh, you know, what should I do? Should I start, like, you know, photoshopping some halos on my selfies or what? Because I'm feeling this pressure to measure up to something. I, I don't understand why you're talking to me the way you're talking to me. Because I know that my identity does not measure up to what you're saying. Often, God's great purpose is greatly disturbing because it makes us question our identity. But here's something else. God's great purpose is always humanly impossible. That's right. Humanly impossible. Can, can I just be transparent with you for a moment? I can't tell you how many times in my life that I have doubted that God had the right person when he found me, when he called me, I'm like, God, are, are you sure that, that this is the right person? I, I, did you find the right address? I mean, God, you know Google Maps is better than Apple Maps, right? Are you using the right GPS system to find the person that you're looking for? Because I'm telling you, I, I think you have the wrong person. But even when I get past that barrier, even when I'm able to say, okay, God, you have called me. I believe you've got the right person, but it's possible you didn't realize that I don't have the ability to do what you're saying I'm supposed to do. You've placed in front of me this great purpose, but it's impossible for me. And I end up questioning God, how in the world are you going to make this happen in my life? And what pressure does, the pressure of God's great purpose often leads me to questions. In fact, I want you to watch this as, as the angel is talking to Mary and telling her what God is going to do in her life. You're going to have a son. It's going to be an amazing thing. He's going to, he's going to change the world. Talk about raising the bar of expectations. And Mary says to the angel, how can this be? since I don't know a man. Mary is betrothed at this time. She's engaged to Joseph, but there had been no physical relationship. And so she's saying, look, there, there's, a, there's a problem here, God. I hear what you're saying. I, I, know, I know you've got this great purpose for my life, but let me, let me talk to you about the obstacles. You know why she did that? Because human beings are awesome at finding all of the challenges and the obstacles that stand in the way of God fulfilling his great purpose in our life. But Mary's response was to ask the question, and I want to encourage you today because I realize that some of you, myself included, you have been asking the question, God, I know this is what you're saying. I, I hear the words. I see what you're wanting to do. But I'm, I'm just saying, how can this be possible? And maybe you have felt guilty about asking the questions. Maybe you thought the questions themselves were, were a sign of doubt. Every time you've asked, how am I going to pay that bill? How am I going to connect with the right person? 
How, how am I going to land the right job? How am I going to accomplish God's purpose for my life? But before you try to answer your own questions, before you try to bring to bear all of your own creativity and ingenuity and energy and innovation and all of that, bringing it all to your questions, trying to find the answer, remember how God's great purpose works. God always calls us into something that is humanly impossible. And this is just the truth. If you could fulfill your life's purpose on your own without God's help, then that's not God's purpose for your life. But I want to share with you the good news because I, I realize there's pressure. Oh, we're feeling the pressure. But this is the good news. The answer to the inadequacies of our identity, the answer to the insufficiencies of our ability. Are you ready? Here it is. God's great purpose comes with God's great power. This is the answer that the angel gives to Mary's question. And I would suggest that this is the answer that God will give to every question that you have for him. The angel responds to Mary and says, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. I really feel like somebody needs to hear that today because you've been trying to figure out all kinds of different ways to make this happen. And God keeps saying, look, stop trying to fix your identity. Stop trying to find some hidden ability and trust that my power is going to be present with you in that moment to fulfill my great purpose for your life. Listen, God is with you. God is in you. And God is speaking over you. You are highly favored. And you are blessed. Let me say it this way. You're a mighty woman of God. You're a mighty man of God. And God has a great purpose for your life. There's no pressure related to your identity. There's no pressure related to your ability that is greater than God's great power in your life. So maybe you're asking, all right, so what do I do then? I mean, I've got God's great purpose in front of me. What's my role in God's great purpose? I've got two words for you. Trust him. Trust him. Look at Mary's response to the angel, Luke 1, verse 38. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. I am going to accept whatever it is that God is saying. God, if you're saying I'm blessed, then I receive that. God, if you're saying I'm highly favored, then I receive that. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to even see a little change in my identity. I'm, the, I'm now the, what she say, the maid servant of the Lord. And then she says, here's what I want in my life. Not my will, not my desire, not my dreams, not my ambitions. I want it to be according to your word. If you hang around Robin long enough, you're going to hear her say something like this. She'll quote this. She'll say, you need to speak the promises of God and not the circumstances of life. I realize we feel the pressure. 
And the pressure in itself is enough to help distract us from God's great purpose and help to focus us on the impossibilities, on the obstacles. Listen, Mary could have said, I'm way too young. She was a teenager. She could have said, look, in this little village, I am way too insignificant. She could have said, look, I'm engaged, but I'm not even married yet. But God had spoken and God had declared it. Something supernatural is going to happen in your life. Your present circumstances do not predict the fulfillment of God's great purpose in your life. Our response to God should be, let it be to me according to your word. In other words, God, I'm going to trust what you're saying. Even if it doesn't make sense with what I'm seeing, I'm going to trust what you're saying. Do you remember what the angel did? The angel actually said, I'm going to give you a little proof. He said, your, your cousin Elizabeth, who is older, she's up in years, she's beyond the years of childbearing, and she is barren. She is going to have a child miraculously. And here's the reason. God wants to just prove to you that nothing is impossible with God. And so let me just walk you through this little visit that Mary had with Elizabeth. I love this. It says this, and and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting. Mary had made the trip to go see her cousin. It says, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe that was in Elizabeth's womb leaped, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is what's going to happen. I'm I'm telling you right now, this is for you. You're listening to me, you're hearing this, and you're receiving it. What's going to happen is that God has been speaking this over your life. You're highly favored, you're blessed. But listen, people around you are going to start to see that as well, and they are going to begin to declare the word of the Lord over you. This is what Elizabeth is doing with Mary. He says, blessed are you among women. This is exactly what God had been saying to Mary. And then Elizabeth says, but why is this granted to me? Why do I have this privilege that the mother of my Lord should come to me. She understood that Mary was with the child, with the Messiah. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Now watch what Elizabeth says. This is so good. She says, blessed is she who believed. This is going back to Mary saying, let it be to me according to your word. Blessed is she who believed. Here it is. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is for you. You're questioning today, how can this happen? But if you're willing to simply trust the word of God, let it be to me according to your word. God says there will be a fulfillment. I hope you're receiving this. I realize you've been waiting, you've been wondering, you've been asking the questions, and God is saying, if you'll take me at my word, if you'll trust me, it's going to come to pass. I want to I be like Mary. I love her response to Elizabeth's word. Mary says this. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. 
For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. It's not going to be just God saying it. It's not going to be just individual people saying it. Now it's every generation will be saying, will be agreeing with what God has said. She's blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. This is such a great posture to have before the Lord. Yes, God's great purpose comes with great pressure. And it's greatly disturbing. And it's humanly impossible. But if I'm willing to take him at his word, I can trust that it's going to come to pass. And the best thing that I can do while I'm waiting is to begin to praise him. That's what Mary did. I want to pray for those of you today that are, you're, feeling, you're feeling the pressure. We're all feeling this, this pressure. And maybe you're asking that question, God, how can this be? And God wants to be very, very real with you right now. Not just theologically real. Not just real in principle. But real in person. God is with you. Let me, let me pray with you. Father, first of all, I thank you for being such an incredible father. I thank you, Lord, that you know every one of us by name. I thank you, God, that you have a great purpose for every single one of us. And I'm praying for every individual that's listening to these words right now, God, for every one of us that's feeling the pressure. God, the pressure of our environment, the pressure of our situation, maybe pressure related to our identity, maybe pressure related to a perceived inadequacy in our abilities, God. All of these pressures that are surrounding us, and yet we see your great purpose in front of us, Lord. And so I pray for every person that's feeling that. Maybe they've been hesitant to step forward into that great purpose because of all of these perceived insufficiencies. But God, I pray right now that you would give us the strength and the capacity to simply take you at your word, that you really do mean what you say, that it's true, and it will come to pass. I pray that you would encourage every heart that is discouraged. God, those are that are just emotionally and mentally and psychologically and spiritually fatigued right now, Lord, that you would lift them up and realize they don't have to figure this out in their own power and in their own strength. They don't have to find the answers to all of the questions on their own. All they need to do is simply trust that you are with them. And that your word is going to come to pass in their life. I pray, God, you would let this sink deep within their spirit right now. And that you would be just real with them in the days to come. As you fulfill your great purpose in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today at One Family Church. So glad that you could be a part of this. I want to invite you to respond to the message in several different ways. One is you can use our connection card to let us know what God is doing in your life. We would love to know if you put your faith in Jesus today or if you're renewing your faith in Jesus. There's a connection card found right below this video or in the chat. There's a link there, and you can use that connection card to just connect with us and to share with us what God is doing. Another way that you can respond to this message today is through your giving. Uh, If you'd like to partner with us financially uh, to help us take this message around the world, uh, to share our mission of bringing people and God 
together in love. There are several different ways that you can give. And again, the link is right below this video or in the chat. I want to encourage you to be a part of that as well. And another way that we respond to the message is by remembering the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and the salvation that comes to all of us through that. Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said this to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of my covenant that is poured out for you. He said, as often as you gather together, do this in remembrance of me. death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. I want you to think for just a moment about the pressure that Jesus faced to walk away from God's great purpose for his life. Aren't you thankful that Jesus endured the cross? And the Bible says that he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. I'm praying for you this week, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what pressure you're facing, that you will experience the great power of God in your life as well as his joy. God bless you.